You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me here again today on College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. It is Awesome to have you back listening to me. And today we are going to be discussing Gretchen Potts' interview that you just heard in episode six. We're going to be reviewing that a little bit more and having me dive a little deeper into some of the good habit structures that could be formed through all of them. Because when I go back and listen to a lot of my favorite podcasts, I feel like there's more that the host of the show could talk about when it comes to what the guest was speaking on. And then literally as soon as the that episode's over, that's that's it. And I don't feel like there's any opportunity to discuss it further from the host's point of view. And after all, gen- generally, the host is what keeps bringing me back to podcasts and uh, down the line. I certainly hope that's the same kind of sensation you get when you think about college success habits and me. Um, There is some amazing stuff going on in my head whenever I'm able to look at what Gretchen had discussed with us. The four learning styles that she came up with um, were the first one she called no fear. The second was the procrastinator. The third was the overthinker. And the fourth was the inexperienced sprinter, um, i.e. they vision squander, they lose motivation. And there's certainly... (laughs) parts of me and all of these. And in fact, even when it comes to this podcast, you know, the one of the main things that I really seek to do is be able to go to college campuses and high school campuses and talk about setting up a good habit structure. Because I look back at my college years and high school years, and I think, man, if I'd have just known a little bit more, if I'd have just been a little bit more focused, if someone would have been giving me this information. And now, mind you, would I have drank less in college? Would I have you know, socialized less in high school? Um, high school was just generally easier for me. And uh, it was something, to me, it, it wasn't that taxing. Physics and algebra and geometry were certainly difficult subjects for me and ones that I did not do well on. Uh, I do remember peeking over at somebody else's uh, homework from time to time. Uh, this dude named Stoner, I'll never forget him. He was just math genius kind of dude. Uh, his last name was Stoner. He was himself not a stoner. <laughs> Quite the opposite, in fact. Um, but yeah, I mean, I look back and, you know, I could have graduated after my first semester of my senior year, but why would I want to do that? I'm not an athlete. And so I wasn't like trying to rush off to campus and start, you know, spring training with the baseball team or with uh, or with the football team. So I just took a bunch of AP uh like English classes. So I just was reading a ton of books and I attacked those with ferocity and was, you know, the moment the book was done, I mean, right after class, I was already skimming through it. I would, you know, would go home and just start knocking out, you know, chapter after chapter of the book. And I'd knock out the entire book in a week and, and already start writing the paper so that I could, you know, be able to go back over and reread it and understand it better. And then, uh, 
rewrite the paper a couple times and then really be happy with the product I turned in. Whereas when it came to my, any kind of deep math, I despised it. And, uh, I would often wait to the last second and I couldn't understand it. Even if I had tried, <laughs> I'm sure, uh, going back to one of the things I said in an earlier episode about finding people who can help you. I think that was episode five of the study, study and class flow, uh, find people who can mentor you and help you. And I certainly could have put some effort into that. And so this is where we're at with these learning styles. And once you find yourself in the learning style, then you'll be able to see where it is you need help at and where, where it is that you're, you're going rather well on your own, right? Like there's times where you just got to buckle down and do things on your own, but there's certainly opportunities in this society for you to be able to grab uh, assistance. Uh, I don't know how much assistance you can find in, in high school as easily, but I have no doubt if you were to go to your uh, advisors or go to the teacher, they'd be able to direct you towards the student who was just, you know, rocking it out in college. I mean, there's tutors all over the place and there's, there's assistance everywhere because the last thing they want to see is that you drop out. They want you to stay and they want you to become an alumni and they want you to send them back money. <laughs> That's just a fact. It's a business. It's a business and it starts seeing it as such. And so as you start going over these again, thinking about who are you, and remembering that you can become any one of them at any time and you can see yourself in one and decide, no, I want to become this other one. To me, the, the no fear worker sounds like the best one because you just you just immediately hit the ground running. You start your work, uh, whether you take a lot of notes or not, you just immediately start realizing there's going to be a lot of trial and error and you will be able to figure it out once you go. All right. So in that trial and error, start to see where are things that you could work at and be a little bit more efficient. See, for me, when it comes down to all the habits that I've, I've constructed in my life and back when I was a drunk, I had a lot that I wasn't aware of. And now that I'm sober, I see them much more clearly. To me, it's all about efficiency of movements, right? Efficiency of, of life. Right? If you're always looking for your car keys or trying to figure out what you're going to wear the next morning, those, those, those are just, it's like it, those, little those little moments in your life when you're sort of walking through mud and you don't need to be. You could be easily sprinting on a track. So I just try to figure out where are the inefficiencies in my life and, and start to eradicate them. For this no fear person, they immediately just get to work and start going at it from a trial and error perspective. Now, if you start to see some inefficiencies, as in, well, what if I, you know, I would, oh man, I got two hours in, but because I started so quickly, I didn't see that this problem was going to arise, and it had been a lot cooler had I been able to see that. Then perhaps there's a little, maybe there is a little bit of a procrastinator or overthinker you could toss into this, where you just stopped and said, okay, here's a, here's here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to immediately start it. But what are some future hurdles that might come my way? Now, if you're a freshman and it's the first time you're in some of these kind of classes, that may not be as clear to you as if, if you've got some experience in your major classes. You know, Gretchen was an art teacher. And so by the time you've done a few of these assignments, there's probably, not probably, there is definitely going to be some moments where you're like, oh, wow, okay, let's stop and let's slow down. Right there would have been a really awesome opportunity for me to figure this out before I charged forward, right? 
you know, you laid down your entire blueprint for what you're trying to, to draw or create or add up. And then you find down the road that you're missing these little, these little parts that are, Oh, I wish I'd have known that. I mean, it could be something as simple as knowing to come prepare with lots of water and your lunch. So you don't have to get up from the table and you can just keep cracking out the work. Right. We talked about in the interview with her that sometimes for certain people that when the moment you stop, then it's like trying to get back into that workflow. And so see that within yourself and know that if you're a no fear kind of person, that perhaps there's somebody sometimes where you just want to keep cranking it out, then make sure that you've opened up your schedule for the day to not have any, any other obligations, you know, be very mindful of all the extracurriculars you're taking on, make sure that, that they're useful to what you're trying to accomplish, understand your vision. Right, all those words, and I'm getting to the part that is really powerful here. Understand your vision. I'm going to be bringing on an interview down the line. And it's a student um, who is getting ready to start his PhD work, and he said one of the most important things he realized, uh, looking back on it, was after his sophomore year when he realized he wanted to get his PhD, being able to go into all of his decision making with the vision of eventually getting his PhD allowed him to know what classes to be taking, what internships, what organizations to join. All of this stuff was integral that he knew that his vision was to become a PhD student because had he not known that and then just graduated with his bachelor's, he would have missed out on a lot of opportunities that would not have been available to him after the fact. So know what your vision is on whatever you're working on, right? And and make sure that your decisions, if you're in the no fear state, are working towards that. Now, if you're a procrastinator, which is the second one she talks about, you take a lot of note, uh, you, you put a lot of effort in deciding what you're going to do, you talk a lot, there's a lot of talking, uh, you sort of lack of motivation to really get started, you know, look for what that fear is in you that is causing you to stutter step, right? What is, what is causing you to procrastinate? Keeping, keeping with the idea that procrastination and perfectionism are all based on, are both based on fear, then ultimately you've got to ask yourself, what is it that you're afraid of? All right, if it's getting a bad grade, I can assure you, waiting till the last second and cracking, cranking out your work is gonna, that's not going to be your best work. That alone probably costs you at least one grade. Right. If your if your work would have been an A, now it's a B. If it would have been a B, now it's a C. All because you've waited that long. If you're afraid of being judged by your peers, you know, look, everyone's gonna do whatever they do, and what you might think is awesome, somebody else might think is not. I have a friend who's currently going through some judgment issues in her life, and one of the things I'm trying to get in stress to her is that people generally judge others because they're judging themselves of the same merit. Right? If I judge somebody else on the way they lift weights or work out or save money, I'm likewise judging myself just as harshly, if not more, and which is why I'm ju- I judge others. Right? I'm projecting my judgment of myself onto other people. So be careful of why you're judging other people's work because it's a direct reflection on yourself and how you're judging yours. Right. I mean, if you get into school, I mean, if you're an artist, if you're anything, you could be a, a NASA scientist. The math that you're doing at one stage of your life is going to be totally different than down the line. So much more experiences, so many more filters you're running it through of all these completed projects that you've done. You'll have a lot more of your own internal experiences and then thus the data that comes from that to pull off, to pull from. 
you know, looking back at Ball State University, I was really good at all my journalism classes. You know, I, I, I remember taking a class on how to storyboard a commercial, and I absolutely loved it. But then I had to go take Spanish class, and it was miserable. I didn't want to do it. Right you know, uh, there alone was a reason for me to procrastinate on the Spanish homework. Whereas the the storyboard commercial, I was I'd go into these classes and I'd sit in the front and I'd be super excited and I uh, I just I'll never forget like you know ripping out uh, pictures from magazines to start storyboarding because I'm not much of a drawer an artist. So in order to be able to visually see what I wanted on my storyboard, I started taking um, ripping like pages out of magazines that fit what I was trying to do. And then, like, basically just using stick figure drawings um, to get the vision that I wanted so that I could begin to go and, you know, put that whole project together. This is back in the day. Cameras were not as readily available. So in these projects, it was really just the idea of storyboarding it out so that you would know what you'd do. But we didn't have access to cameras like you do now. I can only imagine how much more fun those classes are now because you could literally storyboard and then go shoot the thing with your iPhone. So look at yourself and ask, are you procrastinating in certain areas? Certain classes get the procrastinator mindset, whereas other ones get the no fear mindset. And then figure out why that is. You know, if you're a creative type, then the more analytical classes are probably the ones that, you're, that are bogging you down. And if you're the analytical math kind of person, then the creative ones are the ones generally that should be bogging you down. So just figure that out and see what you can do. Bring in some more brains, get some help, figure that out, right? Get that project done as soon as possible. Cause if you're not in enjoy it, no matter what, you might as well just get it done. And once it's done, you can go back and tinker with it. But it's like eating the spinach on your plate. When you're a kid, pick whatever you hated to eat when you were a kid. And you know, when that showed up on the dinner table that night, that was, that should have been the first thing you ate. But if it was the last thing you ate, probably a procrastinator. <laughs> <laughs> For me as a kid, the first thing I ate was the spinach, the broccoli, the Brussels sprouts. These are things I love now, but as an eight-year-old kid, I was not a fan. The third learning style that Gretchen discusses was the overthinker. Uh, this is the person who spins a lot. Um, they're doing... Uh, I brought up worthy fail versus escape fail of uh, an escape fail is whenever you sit here and you, and you start doing things that you think are helping you accomplish your goal, but are really just busy tasks that aren't necessarily getting you to where you want to be. Um, I do life coaching out here in Los Angeles. And so, and I know a lot of people who also are life coaches and are just coaches, whether it's physical fitness or nutrition, you know, so many, there's a coach for everything nowadays. And a good escape fail for a lot of us is tinkering with our business card, tinkering with our websites, our logos, uh, you know, coming up with, you know, a blog post that is just going to be more content for us. These are great things to be working on, but not if you're trying to get, clients, not if you're trying to go out there and speak in front of people and build your community. Like the only way to do that is to actually go out and speak. I'd rather go speak in front of a whole auditorium full of college kids and not say some of the right stuff and have my message not resonate and not necessarily be able to get my point across as much as I'd like and learn from that experience than to not do it at all. I recently had a speaking engagement where I was teaching other people how to speak on the environment. And I don't think it went as very well because a woman who was once very excited to work with me was then emailed me and said, well, there's some other people who wanted to do what you were doing and, and coach other people 
basically what she said was there's other people who want to coach up these these incoming environmentalists, and I'm going to give them an opportunity now. Whereas two months ago, this woman was emailing me every day, asking me questions and, and very excited to work with me. So clearly I, there was something there and we have a meeting coming up and I'll figure out what I could have done better and, and what I did well and put them all together and make it better the next time. But that to me is a worthy fail. I wouldn't have known that I said some stuff that I don't even know. Right now, I have no idea what I didn't do correctly in her eyes, but I do know that something didn't resonate because now she's ready to move on with someone else and bring me back in like once every three months. But that's okay because at least I had that opportunity. It's a worthy fail in my book because I went out, I talked to these environmentalists, I gave them my, my take on how I do it, right? Whenever I go give people this 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 presentation, I do it this way. And this is how I answer questions. And it doesn't have to be how you do it. It's what works for me. But had I just said, I'm going to spend an hour putting this presentation together and then sometime down the road, I'll finally do it. That's an escape fail. A worthy fail is just taking the minimal amount of notes I had going in front of people and saying, boom, this is what I do. This is how I lay it out. This is how I speak to people. What do you guys think? Great. Now I can get some feedback. So be thinking about that in all of your work. And be, in fact, be thinking about that in anything that you do. Worthy fail versus escape fail. I mean, this is, this is where the knowledge really starts to be harnessed. If an athlete it just spends all their time, you know, catching balls from that little ball shooter outer machine, you know, the football thing with the two little spinning discs and it shoots the ball. If all you ever do is catch balls out of that, well, good. You, you know that you can catch a ball in a linear line that's coming straight at you with the same velocity over and over and over again. But you, can, you don't know that that's going to translate into a game when all of a sudden you have a defender hanging on your back and you're moving at a weird angle and the quarterback's throwing the ball at a weird angle with different velocities each time. You got to get out there on the field and you got to get and you, you got to put all that practice into play. You've got to actually put it into action. So if you sign up for a club and they ask you to come up with a curriculum or an outline or a presentation, you know, be prepared and go in there with the most knowledge as possible, but don't overthink it. Don't spend eight hours putting together a 20-minute presentation. Have your three keys and have the three keys to those three keys. You know, have the bullet points to your three keys and be studied up enough on them that you you feel confident. If somebody asks you some questions, at least the, you know, the the surface level kind of questions, you're ready to answer them. But if they throw a deep dive question at you, just simply say, I don't know the answer to that question yet, but I'm really glad you asked because now I know somebody wants to know the answer and I'll go out and find it. And next time we talk, I'll be ready to give it to you. A lot of times you don't know the question that's going to be asked until you get there. You can, you can try to picture some of that and you can, you can look over the, the, the coursework or you can look over your presentation and go, ah, somebody's probably going to ask a question about this. But some of that deep dive stuff, you won't know. And if you're overthinking it, you're going to spend a lot of time preparing for questions you may never, ever get. Right? Worthy fail versus escape fail. This is where the overthinker really needs to put some effort into minimizing the escape fails and going directly for the worthy fails. And then the last one that she spoke of was the inexperienced sprinter, the one that, who loses motivation, um, the loss of vision and outcome. She also mentioned vision squanderer. Back to the PhD student I'm going to have come on soon. He knows his vision. Right? He doesn't lose motivation because he, he sees that a vision is something that happens well down the line. 
If your goal today is to read 20 pages of a book, that's attainable, that's achievable. But if your goal is to become an expert on that book, that's a vision. And that's going to be something that's going to take a lot of time. So as long as you're getting in your 20 pages a day and you're able to you know, get that into your brain and really understand it and, and not just be able to regurgitate the information that you read, but really be able to speak about it, right? And really be able to have a conversation about it where you start to see all of the different juxtapositions inside that material and be able to have someone who on one side doesn't believe and the other side totally believes. I feel like I'm referencing back to the environmental thing I was just talking about because when I give these environmental presentations, some people are all on board with global warming and climate change and some people are not especially when you have polar vortexes blowing, you know, minus 30 degree weather at people. People are like, ah, oh, see, that's proof. It's, okay, everybody, let's just, let's just pump the brakes and let's just think about it from a different angle, right? So if you're reading material and you really want to be able to go back out and have a conversation about it, it's not just about being able to regurgitate what was on page 11, chapter or paragraph two, you know, you really need to know that material and that's going to be a vision. That's going to take some time. So you won't, you won't lose motivation if you realize that a vision takes time. College takes time for a reason. Slow it down. Your first year or two, you're just getting your feet underneath you, really trying to harness what it is that you came to school for. You might have left high school thinking, ah, oh, there's no way I don't want to be a doctor. And two years in, you might want to be a geologist. You just don't know. You, 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 in high school, you're, lo- sort of, you're locked in into this world where everything's bell, 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 go home, study, study, study. It's like you're, you're, in this, you're locked into this schedule. There's very little freedom that college is known for. So build to that vision. You won't lose motivation if you know your vision. And it's okay if the vision changes. For me, I always knew that, I w- that my vision was to share other people's stories to tell other people's stories and to tell my own. And that, and I chose journalism because that's the storyteller profession, right? It's a, it's a storyteller profession, right? You, you see a lot of people who start off as journalists for newspapers and now, of course, online content. And then down the line, they're writing books and they're going on speaking tours. It's their storytellers by nature. Now, what's going to lead me to that storyteller career path? I could not have foreseen all of the different changes that would happen from when I went to UF in 2001 till I graduated in 06. Went and worked overseas doing advertising and marketing, then came to LA, and next thing you know, I'm a stand-up comedian, and I'm doing sketch comedy, and I'm doing improv, and I've done news and sports writing. like All of this stuff still leading to the vision of telling stories. So it's okay if, the, if the, how I was going to get there changed. I still had that vision. If your vision is helping other people, that could mean being a doctor. It could mean being a social worker. It could mean being a plumber. It could mean being a garbage man. You're helping people in all of those instances. You've got to figure out, if that's your vision is to help people, then it's all about figuring out in what way. And then you won't lose motivation because you'll know that each decision you're making is still leading you to the vision of helping people. And that's what I you know, ultimately wanted to do, I'm doing with this podcast, not wanted to do, but I'm actively doing. You know, I'm bringing on some guests who can tell their stories about how they set up successful habits or seen people do successful habit creation that have gotten them to a successful outcome. And then there's also the time where I'm just telling you my stories and stories of other people that have helped me understand how important successful habits are to create. 
And sometimes I, I might use different verbiage, but always remember that there are no bad or good habits. It's the outcome that is bad or good. And, and whether that outcome is bad or good could be different for everyone. So it's just what it works for you. If you're a no fear kind of uh, learner and or you're a procrastinator or you're an overthinker or you're an inexperienced sprinter, like see yourself in these and then start to ask yourself, okay, well, where are some of the habits that I'm forming? If I'm overthinking, am I, am I sitting here and talking to 10 people about what I want to do while that other person over there started immediately and they're already 30% done? Okay, well, what about for this one? If I just sit down and say, boom, I'm going to start. I will, I will just work for one hour and see what I create. And then when I'm done with that, I can go back to overthinking. Just try that. <laughs> you know, it's all about trial and error. And just keep in mind through all of these, escape fail versus worthy fail. And really ask yourself, is if what you're, you know, sitting there and overthinking, that's an escape fail. Oh man, I put so much time into thinking about that today. Well, meanwhile, person A over there spent a whole lot of time doing. And they might get six hours in and realize they have not done anything the way they wanted it to, that it's completely wrong. But at least they have that worthy fail under their bell, whereas you have just been thinking about it the whole time. And if you're not in that room to see what that person didn't do right, or if they're not willing to share it with you, you might ultimately end up spending the same six hours doing it incorrectly the way they did, but they at least started right off the bat. Now you've wasted hours not doing anything, and you're now you still have to go back and waste more hours doing it the wrong way. <laughs> all right, guys, this is it for the, today's episode. It's all about the learning styles. I know that this is resonating with you because you're gonna see yourself in this. You're gonna see your friends in this. If you know, surround your, if you are a procrastinator, be around more no fears. If you're an overthinker, then be around more you know people. Just be around people who aren't necessarily like you, but also be around people who are. Why did I even say that sentence? It sounds like I'm just saying be around a bunch of people. <laughs> but the truth is, is you won't really know which one you are and which one works best for you until you just start to get some action in. And I'm all about that action, boss. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for joining me here on College Success Habits. If you haven't already, go on your favorite podcast app, subscribe, rate, review, show me some love. Go on Instagram at Jesse Mogul, at, um, on Facebook at Jesse Mogul, and let me know. Uh, I love my Instagram d direct messages. DM me on there. Uh, let me know what you guys are thinking, what kind of topics you'd like. Answer back. You're going to see posts for these uh, podcasts on there. Please jump in uh, and uh, leave some comments on the post that's directly about this episode um, because I'd love to be able to get some feedback so I can add that into the next one. And it's going to be super, super awesome. So again, thank you. Subscribe, rate, review, follow me on social media. Love me, love me, say that you love me. <laughs> <laughs> As always, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Take care of one another. We'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.